1: G'day and welcome to the Farms of podcast, where we talk everything to do with growing your agribusiness. Whether you're a newbie or a long-time listener, you're bound to be able to get something out of this episode, which it actually comes in at number 55. That's right, we've hit 55 episodes for Farms of Couldn't be any happier of where it's going and where it's heading, but also the feedback that we've received. has been pretty unreal so far and that really keeps me going so keep it coming in fantastic to see but this week we go up to beautiful sunny coast of queensland in yapoon to talk with george stacy from rcs australia the leading private provider of holistically integrated education right here in australia george loves what he does and really gets behind what the outcomes are and can be for farmers coming through rcs program now let's get into it and let's get grazing George, how are you going mate?
0: Really good thanks Jack, good to be here.
1: Absolutely, thank you very much for coming on the show. I've been having a look through RCS and what you get up to and actually the sort of courses and the the value that you do provide for the agriculture industry. But before we get into agribusiness, can you just tell us a bit about yourself, your role and what your connection is to agriculture?
0: Yeah, thanks, Jack. So firstly, like you said, working here for RCS, based up here in Yipun in central Queensland, Uh, my role for RCS, I'm an advisor and also work in the projects and um, so it's essentially we uh, work alongside uh, government organisations and and people that fund us to pretty much run our our programs in various areas throughout the country. my journey in agriculture started obviously when I was a little kid. I was born on a on a property up north of Richmond, up in the northwest of Queensland. Uh, my parents up there they had about a forty five thousand acre block there, and and um, was predominantly backgrounding. Um, from there, uh, have worked or went to school down in Brisbane. I've worked uh, in a few different areas throughout the throughout uh, Queensland, predominantly in northern New South Wales. Um, and before coming here to RCS, I was based at. Uh, Gunda Windy, working in irrigated cotton, broadacre farming, and and um, also had a small cattle herd there. Um, left there in, that would have been uh, early 2019, um, and came up to here for us, to work with RCS. I've so been here about two and a half, or nearly two and a half years now. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's been a pretty pretty long journey and pretty, well, long for me, I suppose, but it's been yeah. quite an interesting journey. I've had an opportunity to, to work in a few different a few different uh, areas of the industry and um, I've been very fortunate in that regard.
1: Yeah, good stuff. So I suppose it gives you a bit of a backing as you lead into your RCS role there um, as a project. Yeah. What, what actually is your role?
0: Project yeah, so as, a, as a project. Yeah, project officer, managers. Yeah that's, yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you get an understanding and it's also pretty important for you within the agricultural community to have an understanding and a backing of what what you're actually trying to promote and what you're trying to grow with RCS. Mm-hmm. Now, can you just give us a bit of an overview of what RCS is and what they do mm-hmm. for agriculture?
0: Yeah, yeah. So RCS, um, they're a private, ex- well, we are a private extension uh, business that um, services uh, all, all scales of, of agricultural businesses from uh, from large government organisations, uh, large corporates, right through to the smaller family-owned businesses, and also work alongside, as I said, work alongside government organisations to deliver our products. Um, our flagship product is the seven-day grazing for profit course, um, and we have a number of other short courses uh, in our education uh, ranks that that are essentially are offshoots of that and complement those sorts of yep. things, and they they are based around the areas of production land, business, and people management. Um, and then we also off the back of that have a, um, a, an advisory and consultancy service. Um, we've got a number of people all across the country that, that um, are also facilitators of our education programs, but, and also uh, advisors.
1: Yeah, beautiful. And that grazing for profit course is something I want to look into as well. And also for farmers becoming profitable is very important. But it's 2021 and to become, to amalgamate that with sustainability and becoming sustainably profitable, how are farmers mm. able to do this on the other side of your course or even just starting to implement it into their own enterprise?
0: Yeah, and I suppose just to touch on your point there, including the farmers in it, that's also a big area that we, we service as well uh, and we run a farming and grazing for profit course that, that incorporates uh, similar Similarly, a principle-based approach to, um, to creating a, a, a consistently profitable farming business. Um, I suppose just to backtrack a little bit, the way in which we deliver a lot of our work is based around uh, well, four key areas, and essentially, uh, and they essentially are the production, land, business and people aspects of, of any agricultural business. Um, so I suppose how people can be and how businesses can be Consistently uh, profitable and sustainable into the future, and really thriving. And and we spend a lot of a lot of our stuff is 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 deep into the regenerative agricultural movement that you currently hear quite a bit about. Uh, And I suppose we've been doing it for well long before it was um really a buzzword. But I suppose from our perspective, what is sustainably long-term sustainable uh, profit really is having a continually balanced um, four-legged pot. And, and continually balancing those four key areas of the business, of the business land, uh, production and people, of course, is, is probably the most important part of that. So ensuring that all areas of the business um, are being tended to and, and are being addressed uh, continually. You know, I suppose in Australia and, and probably worldwide, we've, we've tended to have a, a large overemphasis on the business aspect. And it's something that we do considerably well in agriculture is, is creating, um, you know, kilos of beef, lamb, Uh, and and grains in our broad acre systems. Uh, But sometimes that comes to the detriment, or a lot of the time it comes uh, to the detriment of the other areas of production, uh, and particularly land and people are the the things that continually, I suppose, are are left at the back of the pack. And that's certainly to our detriment um, uh, as people in agriculture.
1: Yeah, definitely, I do agree with you there, but I think there is a bit of an uplift on people focusing on people, their community, and also Mm. what they can be doing for regenerative ag. People have been doing it, like you said, previously, and Mm. they just may not have been measuring what is the outcome of becoming more regenerative, more sustainable.
0: Mm. And Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sorry, mate.
1: No, you go.
0: I was just going to say, like, I totally agree, I think. I think it's certainly becoming more front of mind for people, especially the people, the people management side of their business and, and ensuring that, that um, not only the, pe- the business is healthy, but the people within the business um, are healthy and being supported as well. It's certainly something that's a lot more front of mind, um, which is great, certainly.
1: Absolutely. So when we're looking at farmers, what's holding back some farmers from becoming a more profitable agribusiness in the different, four different elements that you've outlined? So with people, is it becoming increasing our communication or simplifying how we do communicate our message of where we want the business to go?
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to people and to take a sort of higher level look at it, that, I think on the people end, it starts with what the visions and goals uh, for the business are and for the people in the business. I think um, as a foundational element, that's something that needs to be bettered down because it, it does a number of things It it informs you know what the next step is and it and it, and it, it simplifies and, and creates a lot of clarity when it comes to decision making which is something as you would well know as well being involved in an agriculture business that you have to get up and do on every day to day and sometimes you're making decisions on things that are out of your control like weather and markets so if you've got those visions and goals better down and really solidified and everyone else in the business is, is on board with that and that helps to really um, create clarity when it comes to decision-making. So that's probably the the first thing in in terms of when it comes to people. Um, But also, as you would also probably be able to relate to, um, at a business level and at a a more detailed level, it can be a number of different things. And that's probably one of the biggest joys I get in working in the job that I do now, is you get the pleasure to step into multiple businesses and see, um, uh, see what's working for them, you know what direction they want to go in first, and and be able to take a really intimate look inside people's businesses, which is which is um, you know a really humbling and and and, and uh, fortunate position to be in. But and sometimes it can be a multitude of things, and sometimes it's one small thing that can really unlock the profit and and long term profit. That is definitely.
1: It yeah, definitely is picking the lowest fruit on the tree, making it the mm-hmm. easiest steps first, and then once we're going ahead and moving. Into the bigger business decisions, what sort of like questions are farmers asking? How can we do this? Why do we do that? What's like the trend of those farmers coming through the RCS programs?
0: Um, Well, I think people sort of people come into the grazing for profit and our our RCS programs for a few different reasons. I think recently has been a lot. uh, There's been a, a few key things that have occurred in the world. One of them being the prolonged dry period we've come out of. And I definitely think at this point in time, there's a lot of people, I suppose, in, in your, you and I's sort of age group that are stepping into those management positions and they're coming into those management positions, coming out of a really severe drought and they're perhaps thinking maybe there's a different way we can look at doing things that we don't have to, you know, be under the thumb of, a, of the weather at the mercy of the elements, which, you know, we talked about re, uh, just before is something that we don't have any control over. So people come to us um, for a variety of different reasons. But I definitely do. I do think that of late people are just looking for, you know, what's the alternative? Is there an alternative way? And and is there a way that we can take some of the stress and risk out of out of agriculture? Because at, at a base level, you know, it's a naturally, it is a risky, it's a risky job. It's a risky occup- occupation to be in. and And it comes with a lumpy, you know, sort of cash flow and things like this. So I think people are just looking for some information and, and looking at, you know, is there an alternative way to, to do things and, and different to what we've done in the past to get a different result.
1: Yeah, definitely. We're in one of the riskiest environments that you could work in. And we, we are doing really well to manage that risk also. And looking at the variables, worrying about what we can change and not what we can't. How I, I saw one of your blog posts about diversifying or, acquiring a business how important is this for farmers to be able to diversify maybe not so much acquire a new business but to be able to optimize what they're doing with their time as well that could offset the impact of what the drought we just came through or some are still well within
0: Mm, mm, yeah definitely um i think it starts and you just said it before is optimizing your existing business and 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 ensuring that it's working at its um, at its potential, before even before looking outside, a lot of the time um, there's a lot of dead wood to cut out uh, at the first. And and, and some of the, the biggest gains can be made made early on with businesses that are looking to to move into a different you know uh, method of grazing or method of farming. Um, and and diversification of of well, firstly diversification of enterprise within the business, and then also looking at diverse, diversification of income, and that can come through a number of different things. Um, you know, including things like carbon projects. I know that's something that you guys have talked yeah. about here on Farms Advice previously, um, you know, c- carbon and, and and biodiversity payments and things like that, stewardship payments are probably something that's going to become, well, it definitely, it already is a reality within the business. And that's something that that people can really consider going forward um, to be able to underwrite that production income and uh, and further, you know, further make that business a lot more viable. So, um and diversification can come, doesn't, doesn't just have to be about the business. It can be about what, you know, what the people in the business are doing as well. I, you know, I'd like to throw in diversification of, of, of your day-to-day and, and just mixing it up, you know, just try and think different things. Um, having have given yourself the, the, uh, the freedom to go and explore uh, within the business and, you know, and also getting off the property as well is probably a key, just going for a holiday. You know, when things take the opportunity to get away and, and catch up with some mates or, or take the family away, is such a crucial part uh, in that longevity of, of the business, definitely.
1: Yeah, 100%. I agree with setting in a bit of routine. Make a weekly catch up with your mates or something just to get your headspace a bit clearer. And then you won't be looking, you won't be waiting for the opportunities so, so much. You'll be looking for the opportunities and seeing where you can better place yourself. Now, for mm. grazing for profit, how can a farmer get started on their journey uh, for like, what steps should we be looking at to graze for livestock grazing in general?
0: Um, Well, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big question, but it's quite broad, but like
1: coming out of drought, what what are a couple of points that we can think, start to think about what we can do? Is it, is it
0: rotational grazing? Yeah, well, look, I think um, that's, that's certainly an aspect. And I think looking at what sort of grazing management system works best with you, you know, um, a lot of people make the assumption that if you, if you come and, you, if you come to RCS, a lot of our clients are sell are grazers or rotationally grazing. And and, and the, the reality is that only a small percentage of them actually are doing that. And people, we just want people to find a grazing system that actually matches Uh, what the the goals and visions of their own business are Um, so certainly it starts with looking at what sort of what's the current what's the current strategy what's the current grading system that's being that's being put in place there Um, and then from there really working out where you're at you know coming out of coming out of where, where we have is in terms of the prolonged dry period and and some fairly challenging climatic conditions it's working out what's what's been the impact of that, of that dry period? You know, that what's the impact on the people? What's the impact on the land? And what's the impact been like on the, on the livestock and, and, and the balance sheet as well? You know, there's going to be impacts across the board. So firstly, identifying what that impact is and then creating some redundancy plans to ensure that you, know, it, it doesn't, you don't get so deep in the hole. If, you, if that's where you are, you're not going that far, slipping that far down again. So putting some strategies in place um, and, and I suppose I come back to those three areas of production, land and business, and, and just working out what the strategy is for each of those areas. Um, and outside of the grazing for profit school, any sort of education is just so crucial, I feel like, and, and being able to step off your own property, um, uh, and even stepping just onto the neighbours, you don't have to go a long way down the road, just talk to your neighbour and, and understanding what they do and what, what works for them, and, and, and developing your own strategy, you know. Uh, agriculture is a is a lifelong game, and and um you know I, I don't believe that anyone ever stops learning uh, or developing, um, no matter how old you are, how long you stay on the place. So I think that's such a key part is 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 really getting as many perspectives and diversity your, diversity of opinion as you can, um, which all which all leads down to to creating your own your own strategy and your own and your own vision.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's piecing together the different elements that you've picked up along your way from your different learnings, different courses out there, but also just going down the road, talking to your neighbour and seeing what's about. Helping to transfer that knowledge across is pretty important and that's what I'm trying to achieve with Farms Vice. But Mm. talking about another buzzword is data within agriculture, using it within Mm. grazing or farming as well. How can farmers better use their data or even just start to measure it? there's a few new ag tech that we can implement or even just on the spreadsheet, how can we start to use it a bit?
0: Oh yeah. Well, like you say, uh, there's an enormous amount out there as far as, as far as the monitoring um, aspect of, of, of data gathering. Um, And I suppose the first question I would ask is why are you gathering that data? And is it useful? You know, is that a useful amount of time in gathering that data? I think it's probably, especially when it comes to the economic analysis side of things, you know, looking at your data, looking at your crop flow, or your stock flow forms the basis of, of any sort of analysis. So firstly, understanding how many cattle you've got in the paddock or how many kilos you've harvested off each particular hectare um, is probably the absolute foundational element of, of any sort of data capture. And then from there, it's really, I suppose, working out what's important to your business and what's important um, to be capturing to understanding what, um, what's really making that business move forward. Uh, but yeah, certainly, foundationally is just understanding what you got in the paddock um, and trying to balance. You know, a key a key thing that we talk about in the grazing of a profit school and 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 the grazing clinic, our three day, two and a half day grazing clinic, uh, is trying to balance our stocking rate to carrying capacity. Um, you know, that's two they're two sort of words you hear in the industry quite a bit, and often they get mixed up, but they're actually completely a, opposing fort- forces. Of, as far as stocking rate being how many animals you got, and carrying capacity being how much yield you have to take out of the paddock, how much grass you got. So, firstly, just working out how you um, how to how you will where where you are as far as um, balancing that, and that starts with with cattle numbers, and also working out what's in the paddock as far as uh, pasture budgeting and things like that. But yeah, that you know there's an enormous amount of um, there's an enormous amount of of ag tech um, floating around and and some of it's definitely noise and some of it's extremely useful. And I suppose just working out what's going to be work best for you and what fits uh, with your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not a blanket approach. One piece of ag tech won't fit five, but it will fit another five on their That's own right. enterprise. So if you adapt mm. and adopt to what you need for your own enterprise, be it livestock or farming, and seeing how mm. you can actually start to graze for profit or farm for profit, it's really important that mm. you do see what's out there um Mm. and then just see how you can better work that into into the people that are working in your own enterprise as well so it's taking it right right the way through to your people and how you communicate your message as Mm. we previously discussed as well Mm. and that leads into better managing our farms for for farmers what's what do they see after grazing for profit, are they just be able to step back a bit and see what's happening on their own farm and how they can manage it from above rather than working in it all day and not having the time to work on it?
0: Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's actually a really key part that you just brought up and understanding um, trying to step out of the business and work on the business rather than working in it uh, in the day to day and having that really key time, um, to do the thousand dollar an hour jobs as opposed to the twenty dollar an hour jobs, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, fo- following on from a grazing for profit school, inevitably it really um, creates more questions than it answers. So I suppose there's a period at which there needs to be, you know, a consolidation where you'll go home and you, you know, you've been pumped full of all of new ideas and concepts and and management uh, techniques and you've just got to go and try it on at home and experiment. You know, I think also acknowledging the things that you know, that you don't know. So what I mean by that is that, you know, acknowledging that there's a piece of information out there in the world, that's one day you're going to hear it and it's going to probably completely revolutionize your business and potentially change your life. So acknowledging that you don't know that bit yet has you be on the outlook on the lookout for it. Um, so just maintaining that open mindset, and that goes back to talking to your neighbour and talking to the bloke down the road, or the, you know, the girls in the street. You know, it, it, it really, it, it comes back to just gathering as much of that information as you can. Um, and then we've got a number of programs that occur after, or that you can step into after the grazing for profit school, that are continuing education um, and fairly rigorous business development. Um, that one being um, the next steps program, which is a six month program, a um, business development. Uh, a program after after the grazing for profit, which essentially just starts you start pulling apart your business and understanding how it works and what makes it tick. And then there's also the three year um, Executive Link, which is a three year business development um, program, uh, and it certainly gets drills right down into uh, establishing visions and goals and really pushing forward in the areas of the business that you feel like um, you really want to develop. So there's a, there's a couple of really key structures that occur after the the initial grazing a profit school um, that can help forward those businesses along. Um, but there's, you know, there's an enormous amount. And I think one of the most important things really is creating those, creating the communities and, um, that are going to sustain people through the times where they are, you know, doubting, doubting what they're doing or doubting the decisions they've made. And that includes your podcast as well, Jack, you know, I know it's a source of people uh, that people turn to for, for information and, and I think when you're asking people to change the way they work in their business or change you know, the way that they graze or the way they farm, people, people really identify with how they do things. And, and you're also ask, and in asking them to change the way they do things, you're asking them to change their, their, their tribe or change their group of mates or whatever it might be. And that's probably the most scary thing I think that people have to deal with is, is changing their identity a little bit and giving them a community to step into um, that continually can affirm them and, and support them through those tough times or through those tough decisions is probably the most critical element in any sort of practice change or or business change that you go through. Um, so just, you know, listening to as much as you can and, as, you know, such as your podcast and, and different things is probably as crucial as it gets in terms of, of supporting that change, that business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the support out there for the funds advice community is really vital and we're quite transparent so we're trying to support other communities so the rcs community all the farmers that go through there uh, want Mm. to give them a voice and just so they can start to piece together the different pieces of information one thing for Mm. farms advice podcast say is like most of the listeners that hear this are probably the more innovative ones the ones that actually want to target are those that haven't listened to a podcast before or they're the ones working out in their own agribusiness their farm how like, how can we market towards those, not market, but target those to get those guys to start lifting the benchmark up? They may be already, but how have you approached that realm?
0: Of- I, think, I think that starts with the peer-to-peer stuff. So I, th- yep. I think regardless of my history now and, and, you know, where I grew up and the, the involvement I've had in the industry as a producer to start with, I think people will look at me as a, as a consultant now and, and that'll, that'll have a, they'll have a certain, they'll have a certain, you know, predisposition as to, as to how they'll think of that. And, and of course people listen, you know, we know people listen to us and, but there's a certain, there's certain things or certain people or organizations or whatever it might be that, you know, we can stand there and talk until they're blue in the face, but until they, until they see it on the place or so they see what's happening in the country and the animals and the business and the people until they see those sorts of benefits, you know, they might not buy into it, and I think that's where it comes into the communities within those agricultural, um, uh, within those agricultural communities that will really pull those people in and, and show them, you know, what the benefits are of, of of moving to those to whatever it might be, or, or implementing of whatever that, that you're trying to implement, or improving your grazing or farming management. So I think it really starts within the communities, and that you know, the farmer to farmer um, is where those sorts of people will be captured. Um, and also just, you know, learning from what you're looking over the fence. I know so many, so many people come to, come to us and they say, Oh, look, it just became too hard to ignore, you know, when my, when my, we're in the middle of a terrible drought and, and over the fence, they've got cattle and grass and we've got nothing, you know, and it just, I think there's a lot of, there's numerous stories like that where people will just, just learn from, from having a conversation at the, you know, at, at a barbecue or, or, or just talking over the back fence, um, so, so yeah, I think um, that's that's where people will learn. But I also know that people, uh, you know, people will only. It's not worth trying to tell, te- teach someone who doesn't want to be taught. Um, yeah. And I think something something I learned very early on in the piece here at RCS, off Terry McCosker, uh, who's the RCS founder. He told me that um, he made a decision fairly on that he was only going to talk to people who wanted to listen. Um, because there was a period, I suppose, early on where I wanted to tell everyone everything. And I quickly worked out that that wasn't going to get me very far. um, And it was a a fair waste of time and energy. Um, So I think, yeah, I suppose catching people at a time where they want to listen and meeting them where they're at. So if, you know, if they're they're at a particular level, then meet them there and try and bring them up. You don't want to come in over the top and, and, um, and scare them off. Or, you know, that's probably when you do appear as a bit of a shiny bum and people think you don't, you know, people don't want to listen to you so yeah meeting people where they're at and and um and finding common ground firstly
1: yeah definitely i 100 percent agree with that the through peer-to-peer but if we can start to make that process a little bit quicker of adoption of new techniques doesn't have to be new technology just a new way of working it to improve your day-to-day or just to improve mm. how how much grass you can grow what's on offer if we can improve that in the next three years, rather than the next 10 years, we'll be 20 years mm. ahead of where we would be in 10 years. So mm. it's vitally okay. important to get different pieces of, of knowledge from across Australia, from different industry leaders, such as RCS and yourself there, George, as a, now mm. a consultant, but previously a producer as well. How do you feel being a consultant now rather than producer? off the tools, but working with the farmers? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, sometimes I'm a bit jealous that I'm not sitting at the back of a mob, you know, in, in, when, when mustering or particularly when, you know, I've got a lot of mates back around Gundawindi now and, and you know, they're all hooking into the planting and the, and the harvesting and uh, there are the times you really miss being on, on farms, certainly. Um, and it's just those little moments at the end or the beginning of each day that you really cherish. So, you know, I still get those moments, certainly, you know, but they're in much smaller quantity, quantities now. Um, but there's things that I get to do on a day-to-day basis now that I probably didn't have access or didn't have a, the opportunity to do um, when I was working back on farm. And that is the things like looking at different types of business. And particularly for me, the bit I enjoy most um, is meeting the people. You know, there's so many passionate people um, in the industry, just like yourself, Jack, that, um, that really care about uh, this country and, uh, and the way that we produce our goods and, uh, and services. So... I suppose one of the most humbling things is that I get to do is meet those people every day and, and learn from them. You know, I, 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 expect at some point I'll be back on, on the land myself, you know, running my own agricultural enterprise and I'm getting this huge benefit of being able to learn from all those sorts of people within this, within RCS and within other extension services, but also people on the land, you know, there's a, I certainly don't profess to be knowing, have all the answers. That's for sure. Um, so it's, um it's, I'm as much just connecting people with other people and and trying to facilitate that peer-to-peer learning um, as opposed to going and standing on the on the on any block of land and trying to dictate to someone how to run it. Um, it's certainly not the way that I approach the consultancy, and um, yeah, it, it's I'm in an extremely privileged position to be able to do it and, and enjoy it every day. But yeah, I do miss being on the tools, as you as you put it. It's um it's uh it certainly doesn't beat a Um, It's certainly hard to be a good, hard day's work back on land. Um,
1: Absolutely. Well, you're welcome down here when landmarking's on soon, mate.
0: Yeah. (laughs) a few bows in my hand. I've been landmarking for a while.
1: Absolutely. Well, as your journey's gone on from working on farm and then now as your RCS role, what's your one piece of farm advice that you'd give to someone a bit younger than us and then looking to get ahead in the world of agriculture?
0: Um, I think one of the best things that <clears throat> I did, this is speaking from my own experience, yeah. As um, was probably just go and experience as many different industries and, and work for as many different people as possible um, because that just gives you such a, a brilliant perspective um, and helps inform your daily decisions. Um, I was lucky enough to work, I've been so fortunate to work for a lot of really good people and I've probably been really fortunate to work for some not so good people as well at different times that have taught me just as many lessons um, uh, and not necessarily bad people, but just, you know, did things differently and probably different to the way I would do things now. And those probably been some of the biggest lessons I've had. So one of my biggest bits of advice to someone younger than me that would just be trying to get as many different experiences and expose yourself to different industries as you, as you can. And just, you know, probably comes back to the, what we spoke about earlier of just, you know, take the time to 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 help other people and, and people will help you and and there's an enormous amount to be learned out of every any sort any sort of interaction. You know, there's so much to learn and just learn as much as you can and that might be that might be in a you know a university degree or that might be just going to work in a completely different industry that you don't have, know anything about or it might be just going to talk to one of the older blokes or older girls in the pub or, or at the barbecue. You know that that yep. have got a few more experience than you. It just it can come in whatever form. And that'll probably be my, my biggest bit of advice is yeah, try and try and gather as many experiences as you can uh, as early as you can.
1: Yeah, beautiful you, mate. You know great farms advice. Mm. And I don't even think it matters about what's on your resume anymore. People don't want you stuck in jobs forever. But just go around, yeah. see what's out there and then in the end you'll be landed in the best job that you hopefully can be. But we'll start yep. to wrap it up there, mate. It's been unreal to have you on as a representative of RCS, but also to understand your own journey in agriculture and where you've come from. But who else on the Farmswise podcast would you like to hear and why?
0: Oh, geez.
1: Can There's, be industry related? I,
0: I, yeah, I, I always love hearing from um, from producers. I think, you know, at a base level, that's, that's what I am. I'm a grazier and a farmer um, and I love hearing about people um, speak fondly about their own operations and, and what's i suppose the trials and tribulations that they've been through and the impact that it's had on them so um, you know I was listening to your one with Gus white just earlier um, and uh, and yeah I really enjoyed that one and just hearing what the journey's been like for them so I think you know I'm still in that process of trying to hear as as many uh, different opinions and and ways of doing things as possible so I really love hearing about from from producers and I'm sure there's all well, I know there's definitely if a lot of in and around that double area that we've had a little bit to do with. So um, yeah, I think as many getting on as many different uh, innovative farmers and, and graziers on there as possible would be great.
1: Yeah, we'll do. We'll try to reach out to some different regions where we haven't touched. Like you said, Gus White was a really good one out there in the Western Districts of New South Wales. Mm. Um, so mm. it's really good to see how others work, see how cross-sector works, like you said, get out and work in different industries. It's pretty important mm. and goes a long way into helping us build better agribusinesses. So, how can That's we correct. get in touch with yourself, RCS? Sign up to the next event.
0: Yeah, so anyone wanting to uh, chase up a bit more information about uh, the Grazing for Profit School or our other educational service, uh, educational uh, courses, or our consultancy services, um, you could just Google RCS Australia, that'll take you to our homepage and that has everything you really need to know. Uh, as, far as, um, as far as our educational consultancy. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, I suppose, is, is, is where I sort of hang out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, give the officer a ring. Give us, send, flick us an email. I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to have a chat on the phone about anything.
1: Yeah, beautiful. When's the next grazing for profit coming up?
0: Um, there's one that's just concluded in Gundawindi. I actually think it's, it might, the next one might be in Dubbo. Um, there's one in Dubbo coming up fairly soon. Um, And then there's a couple more down in the south uh, before the end of the year. So yeah, there's a a few coming up around New South Wales. I can't tell you off the top of my head uh, dates, but yeah, there's certainly a few happening in New South Wales at the back end of the year.
1: Great stuff, might have to pop in then if it's down in Dubbo. Well, anyway, George, thanks for coming on, mate. Really good to have you and see what you're up to.
0: No worries, thanks a lot, Jack.
1: Thanks for listening to myself and George Ramelon about how you can utilize their courses and how to manage your grazing and farming in a more holistic manner. Get in touch with RCS if you're keen for any of their upcoming events. I'm sure we'll be able to share them on our social media and you'll be able to link through back onto our farmers only email. So make sure you sign up and subscribe to that also. Please, as a huge favor, share this episode on your social media as the new world Word of mouth, the industry as a whole relies on word of mouth and how that could really help this podcast reach other farmers that need the tools and knowledge from those industry leaders that we do get on the show to actually start moving the dial on their own agribusiness in their enterprise and see where they get to. The plan is for each farmer is to take away a few takeaways from each episode. It might just be motivation or it might actually be a new piece of technology or technique that they can implement into their day tomorrow. It'll go a long way and speed up the process of developing agricultural enterprises across Australia. So make sure you do share that. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be amazing to see a few more on there. 24 now and climbing. But until then, we'll see you next week on Tuesday. Keep on farming. If you're looking for a community where you can ask any question that you want to regarding your agribusiness, want to share some information to others throughout the industry, join the Farms Advice Facebook group. You'll find it at Farms Advice Australia. Just search it up on Facebook and get started, get connecting and networking within the industry. Some really good innovative farmers are on there and it's becoming a bit more vocal as we go on. So thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast and we'll see you next week.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Tilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market imagine the softest
1: sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time